Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. At Mint Mobile, we like to do the opposite of what Big Wireless does. They charge you a lot, we charge you a little. So naturally, when they announced they'd be raising their prices due to inflation, we decided to deflate our prices due to not hating you. That's right. We're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. This show is sponsored by BetterHelp. Now, we all carry around different stressors, both big and small. Sometimes the small stressors are the worst for me because I cannot stop thinking about them when I'm trying to sleep or when I'm trying to go about my day. I keep those little things bottled up and it can start to affect me negatively. Now, therapy is a safe space to get those things off of my chest and figure out how to work through all that stuff. And if you've never benefited from therapy, I think it's time you explore. I think anyone can be helped by going to a professional therapist. It's so incredibly helpful to get those coping skills skills and uh, deal with those stressors. So uh, if you're thinking of starting therapy, you can give BetterHelp a try. It's entirely online, designed to be super convenient, flexible, and suited to your schedule. All you got to do is fill out this quick, brief questionnaire, and you get matched with a licensed therapist, and you can switch therapists at any time for no additional charge, which I think is so important. Uh, so that way you find someone that you work well with. Now, get it off your chest with BetterHelp. Visit BetterHelp.com slash Everything Iconic today to get 10% off your first month. That's BetterHelp, H-E-L-P dot com slash Everything Iconic. I have somebody that runs my stuff, so that is not me. It's your Twitter, Jen. You're responsible for my... your Twitter. Wait, wait, you know what? I don't want you All right, to... I'm done. Wait, hey, Thank hey, you. Hey, hey. I'm Meredith, done. Wait, no, 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 the denial wait, is wait, what wait. I will not wait, accept. I'm telling you. We're done. Meredith, Meredith, Meredith. We're done. Hold on. Meredith, Meredith. Jesus Christ. Wait, hold on. I didn't listen. do it? Wait. Wait. out of her mind? No, listen, listen, listen. Hold on. Come here. Come here. I love I, you. No, I, I can't listen to the projecting, deflecting, and lying okay, anymore. I know, but I don't liar. And I've had enough. Hey, hold on. Listen. I'm done. I'm done. She's disengaging, so I'm gonna let her disengage. I'm done. I'm done. I'm done. Hello, everyone. Welcome to Everything Iconic with me, Danny Pellegrino. That was a clip from this week's Real Housewives of Salt Lake City. And I believe the we're done thing started with Housewives. You know, I don't believe that people, humans were in fights with each other before Housewives, just yelling, I'm done, and then walking out of the fight. I think that happened. My theory is that it started with the Real Houses in New York. I remember. Our dear Jill Zarin storming off set at a reunion to say, I'm done. I'm done. I'm done. I'm done. And remember, Andy was like, where are you going? And she's just like, I'm done. I can't do it. I'm done. <laughs> now I feel like they all do, but I don't, I don't remember, you know, my mom's not a fighter, but I don't remember my mom getting around with her group of friends uh, when I was younger watching a, a group of women together. And then one of the women just storms off and yells, I'm done. I don't remember that happening pre-Housewives. Uh, so I do believe uh, it's something that started with Bravo. And now I got to talk about Meredith engaging now. She's, I mean, she's a new human being, a new human being. She's just totally yelling. She's like, I'm fucking dead. You know, she's giving us different decibels to her voice. We're getting layers to the voice. You know, it's like a lot is going on. The glasses just popped off her face. I mean, it was like the eyes popped out of her head and the glasses just flew off like we were watching a cartoon. Because Meredith was so engaged in the scene. And then Jen was saying she disengaged. But I was like, no, she's actually engaged in the scene. The glasses just popped right off her fucking head. 
and flew in the snow. I was like, I, I rewound that a couple of times because I was trying to figure out how did the glasses just pop off? And it didn't really make any sense. Gravity was just not on her side that day in the snow fishing arena or whatever the fuck they were doing. Because them glasses just fell right to the ground in the snow. I mean, it didn't look like anyone hit them or anything. It was literally just, I, I guess the veins in Meredith's head were just popping out so much that the glasses just flew to the floor. The glasses were like, I got to get out of here. And they just flew, flew to the snow away from Meredith. The glasses were stressed. They were stressed. They were like, I got to get the fuck out of here. And they just flew off her head. I mean, if go rewind it, it was just like, I, I didn't even understand time and space when those glasses popped off. Because maybe she like knocked him a little bit or something, but I really feel like the glasses were took on a world a mind of its own, just flew off her head. Uh, you guys, Jen and Meredith though, they're not going to be getting along, and Jen keeps turning around on everybody. You know, Jen. Last week we saw her turn around on Heather Gay. Heather Gay was telling her, "Look, you called me Shrek," and then Jen's like, "Well, what about me?" <laughs> it's like, "Well, Heather didn't call you Shrek; you called her Shrek." And now this week. Meredith is like, look, you like these tweets and stuff like that about my kid. I got to protect my kid. And then Jen is like, well, what about my kids? And it's like, Jen, you need to cool it. We're not worried about your kids because these other women aren't doing things to your kids. You're doing things to... I mean, come on. Come on. Uh, You guys, we got to talk about this week's Salt Lake City. We're also going to talk about this week's Potomac. Before we do, though, I just have to say... A few stray things in the Bravo universe. Kyle and Amanda from Summerhouse had their wedding. It seemed to me like everyone online was really excited. I saw pictures out the wazoo. And I don't know about you guys, but I had to do what they call like a Finsta account on Instagram. It's like a what they call a fake Instagram. And I tried to put all of my Bravo accounts on there because it was getting to the point where my entire feed, when I would log on when something happens, it's like Kyle and Amanda get married or whatever. And it's like my whole feed is just the same photo of them. And I was like, okay, I need a separate account for the Bravo stuff. So now when I want all the Bravo stuff, I can go on my other Instagram account, see all the Bravo stuff. And then on my other one, I can get stuff like, you know, share updates and pictures of Meg Ryan and that kind of thing. You know, because we're all in different moods at different times, right? Like, I love all the Bravo stuff, obviously, uh, or else I wouldn't have started the show. Uh, but the Summerhouse stuff, there was a lot of people there. Hannah from Summerhouse was not there, which I think we all expected. I was expecting some of the Vanderpump Rules kids to be at the wedding, because of course Bravo led us to believe that they're all good friends, which we know is maybe not true. We know, we know that they lie to our faces all the time. And so they lied to our faces. I don't believe any of the Vanderpump people were there, and I think they were filming, I'm not sure. But uh, we did get some of the new Winterhouse people, that Andrea Denver, it's this male model guy that's going to be in the cast of Winterhouse. He was at the wedding. Uh, Sierra was there. Austin and the other one, Craig from Southern Charm, they were there. So, you know, I think we're going to see it uh, play out on screen. My theory is, and I don't know this to be true, I think they're going to air Winterhouse, which is like six weeks. And then I think that'll go right into the next season of Summerhouse. And then I believe that'll go right into the wedding. There'll be like maybe a wedding special or something. I could see Bravo just uh, giving us all the weeks, weeks and weeks and weeks of these people, which I'm not sure is a good thing or a bad thing. You know, quite frankly, I make it like enough is enough with all of that. But uh, as it stands, it seems like we got the season of Winter House. It's all wrapped. Summer House, I believe, has wrapped as well for the season, I'm sure. And then now they got this wedding special, so they really could go week to week to week. We might have 35 weeks of the Summer House career, and I'm not sure I can handle that. 
Man, there's almost uh, only so much I could take. Now, Amanda looked beautiful. Kyle looked beautiful. They're a great-looking couple. Although, I worry about them. You know, we've seen him cheat a hundred times on the show. And even on the Winter House preview, you know, we see he's flirting with someone else or something. Which could be a lie. We don't know how that's going to play out. Maybe that's just Bravo tricking us, like they always do. Uh, but... You know, it's I, I want to root for them, but it is hard that we've seen so many things that he's done and their relationship and so many fights and everything. So that's what I find hard with these Bravo relationships. And yes, that happens to every relationship in real life. However, watching it play out on screen with dramatic effect makes it hard to really root for any couple. Uh, now, speaking of Vanderpump Rules, the new season starts this week, and I feel like I've heard nothing. It's like crickets. I feel like no one, I don't, I thought people would be really excited about it coming back. It's been so much time off. And I told you guys on the podcast, I was wondering if we should cover it or we should not cover it. And I think we're going to cover it. We're going to see how it goes. But uh, it's shocking to me that they're coming back after such a long hiatus and they got rid of so many of the people. There's so many people gone. They still got a big-ass cast, but there's a ton of people gone, and it just seems like no one is really talking about it. Maybe I'm just not seeing it. Maybe I'm just missing it. Uh, but we'll see. The The premiere is this week, so we're going to have to watch what happens live as it airs. Okay, you guys, uh, Salt Lake City. We'll start with that, and then we'll go into Potomac. So we open on everyone. We're getting little uh, catch-ups with everyone. We see Seth and Meredith flirting. They're really uh, selling us on the flirtations between Seth and Meredith this season. I feel like they they looked at last season, they were like, oh, we look like we hate each other. And so now this season, they're really giving us the love, showing us the love, and I like it. I like it. Then we cut to Beauty Lab and Laser, and I love Heather Gay's got a sign that says, Live Love Lab. And I, I got to go to Beauty Lab and Laser, because I'm like, I literally think about Beauty Lab and Laser. I think about that 15-minute Botox or whatever that sign is in the parking lot. Like, that plays in my head at, at night when I'm trying to go to sleep. I just think of Beauty Lab and Laser, and I don't know, something about, that's like one of the places on my Bravo wish list to go. You know, it, before we had the, the Sir Dump, remember that was like a... A real a tourist attraction, you know, the Sir Dump. I always wanted to go to the Sir Dump. I wanted to visit, you know, the back part of Sir where they had all their fights right by the dump. And now I feel like the new Sir Dump is Beauty Lab and Laser, which is obviously much nicer than a dump, a dumpster. But now I feel like all this action is going on at Beauty Lab and Laser. I'm like, I got to get there. It's like a, a landmark for Bravo. Got to get to Beauty Lab and Laser. Live, la- live Love Lab. And then we... <laughs> We hear Heather says everyone's doing the eye filler, under eye filler, which I didn't even know was the thing. I, I thought you couldn't get Botox under the eye or filler under the eye because I thought that's like a sensitive area, isn't it? Um, but now it's a thing. You know, now everything's, you can get it everywhere, I, I suppose. Now uh, we see Jenny driving with the daughter, the, the daughter who's a star. I know he's talked about that every week so far, but that daughter's a star. And that daughter this week we learn is into science. And I was really thinking, you know, the Peacock streamer, they're putting all these new shows there. And they got some kids programming over there, too. I believe they got Curious George over on the Peacock. They got some kids programming. And I was thinking, Jenny's daughter really could. And I hope no one steals this idea. If they do, I feel like I need to be a producer on it. Okay, you hear me, Bravo? If you steal this idea, I'm going to need to be a, an EP credit or something. Because I feel like we could get Jenny's daughter, and I'm not even being facetious. I think this would be a great idea for a show. Like Jenny's daughter doing science experiments, like geared towards kids, kind of like a Bill Nye the Science Guy. But it would be Jenny's daughter hosting it, just doing science experiments. And we wouldn't even need Jenny. I just think that young girl's a star. 
and I feel like as when I was a kid, I used to love watching like Bill Nye the Science Guy and like just kind of sciencey shows. I was into that. Maybe that may, makes me a nerd, but I liked all that. And so I'm watching Jenny's daughter do these science experiments on the episode this week, and I had the fucking chills because I thought of this great idea. I have the no, chills. No. <laughs> I thought I got to get Bravo on the line or or Peacock or NBC Universal. I'm not sure, but I feel like that's a great idea. Now, what else? Oh, yeah. So we're checking in on everyone. Then uh, we stop on weather talking. So Heather and Whitney, they're talking on the phone and they're talking about Jen and Heather's relationship with Jen. Whitney doesn't think it's a good idea. There's a montage of Jen yelling at Whitney from last season, like a full montage from just last season of her yelling at Whitney to shut the fuck up. <laughs> I can't believe we got that much footage of Jen just yelling, shut the fuck up at Whitney. I mean, it was a few times. Was, and they didn't even have a full season last year. Wasn't it like a shortened season? And there was like still a montage ready of Jen just being a nightmare to Whitney and telling her to shut the fuck up. Then uh, when we hear Heather and Whitney talking, though, I don't know if you guys noticed, but we're getting a lot of babe work. A lot of babe. Babe, hi, babe. Bye, babe. Babe. What are you thinking, babe? What do you think, babe? Babe, babe, babe. Babe, babe, babe. Beb, 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 beb. It's like a lot. <laughs> Heather and Whitney just yelling babe at each other. I mean, they must have said it 45 times. Bye, babe. Hi, babe. Uh, bye, babe. What do you think, babe? Babe. What about this? Babe, 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 babe. It's just a lot of babe work happening. And I'm going to need them to cool it. I love them both, but I'm just going to say this once. And I hopefully I don't have to say it again, but it's uh, too many babes in one scene. And maybe it's not even their fault. It just felt like a lot of babes in a really short scene. I mean, we were there for fucking one minute or something, and it was like so many babes out the wazoo. Babes out the wazoo. Hi, babe. Bye, babe. Bye, babe. Babe, 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 babe. Too much. It's too much. I'm sorry to say it. I'm sorry to say it. Then we cut to Jen with her friend Carrie, and then with Lisa, they were doing something like snow biking. And after the snow biking thing, it was funny because that friend Carrie was like, oh, sorry, I can't join you for drinks. And it was like, she could have joined them, but she's not in the cast. So the producers were like, get out of here, Carrie. And they were like, get the fuck out. And I felt bad for this Carrie woman who I've never seen before, I don't believe, on this program. But she showed up to film for the biking in the day, and then she wasn't even allowed to hang out with the rest of the girls as they filmed. I felt bad for that, Carrie. And then uh, Lisa and Jen, they go to have a cocktail. Well, not a cocktail. Lisa said, she's like, where is my Vita? I need a cocktail. And then they were just having some coffee or something. Jen says Sharif's home doing uh, home renovations all day. He's going to Home Depot all the time. And I, we haven't seen much of Sharif. Have we even seen Sharif this season? I love Sharif. I want to see him again. I want to know what's going on. What's his story? Everyone's got a story. What's his story? I feel like I need some more Sharif, especially as we're leading up to all this Jen uh, legal drama. I need to know, like, what's going through Sharif's head? Where's he at emotionally, mentally, physically? I need to know more about Sharif. It's like, give me more. They gotta have some footage of him. I need to see him talking to Jen. I need to see it all. Because we're getting a lot of Stu Chains work. You know, he's Stu Chains is all around, which, by the way, I think I saw on social media. Forgive me if I'm getting this wrong, but I think there was like something going around on social media. You know, my Bravo Finsta account, I saw some posts where it was like, I think Jen was alluding to Stu Chains being gay, but he's like married with kids or something. I don't know that relationship uh, we might see blow up. All that's allegedly too, by the way, you know, because I'm not sure if I read it properly. You know, I scroll quickly. So if I see it, I try to, I try to read and understand it, but I'm not exactly sure if I got that right. Uh, but the point is, we've been getting a lot of stew chains and not a lot of Sharif. So, I don't know. 
I don't know. Uh, Jen wants to move on with Meredith, though. They're talking about all this stuff. Jen's planning a group outing. They're going to do the the winter fishing or whatever, snow fishing, whatever they call it. Then we cut to Mary, who's getting food with her son, Robert. Here's what I want to say about Mary, you guys. Well, first of all, they got these big-ass sandwiches. Didn't those look delicious? I mean, those sandwiches looked so good, but Mary's such a tiny woman. I was thinking, how is she going to eat all that? It was a big sandwich. Yeah, I'm a tall man, and I was like thinking, I couldn't even finish that sandwich. And there was one point at the end of the scene where Robert, the cheese was coming from his mouth, and it was like dripping. And honestly, you guys, it made me so hungry. I was like, what a good looking sandwich. I need to get to that sandwich shop when I go to Salt Lake City to visit Beauty Lab and Laser. I need to figure out what that Mary sandwich shop is. Because that cheese was melting right off of Robert Jr.'s mouth. I was like, oh my God, that should have been a commercial. Uh, But here's what I want to say about Mary. Everything about her to me is very unpredictable. I And I I really like put some docs. I'm watching these Mary scenes, you guys, and I can't make heads or tails of anything. And I I literally, I feel like I don't understand how she's going to talk, what she's going to say, what she's going to wear, her body movements in scenes. You know, I look at her confessionals and I think I, I see her outfits and her accessorizing. And I'm like, I would have never pictured her in that. And every time she's in a new outfit, I think like, oh, I wouldn't have picked that out for me. Like, it's so unpredictable. And then even she did this thing with her hands where she kind of like shook her hands uh, in this scene. And I, I, I honestly, I was like, that seemed like such a weird movement for Mary. And we've only known her for one season. But every single Mary scene, I like can't get my equilibrium's off, right? Like, I don't understand what she's going to say, what comes out of her mouth. She got mad at Robert for not blessing the food, which I guess that was sort of predictable. But then she said, I say anything to my son, Robert. She says, I say, wear a Jimmy. I don't want that thing coming home purple. And she was talking, that's in regards to uh, wearing like a um, a condom, and I would never expect Mary to just be talking about her son wearing a condom and then to use the term Jimmy, which I know is like slang for condom. Do you remember in that Sugar Ray song where it was like the late 90s? He's like, every morning there's a halo hanging from the corner of my girlfriend's four plus bed. And he said, and Sugar Ray, played by Mark McGrath, says, I know it's not mine, but I'll see if I can use it for the weekend or a one night stand. Now that has always been a very troubling lyric to me. Because I think what essentially he's saying, which maybe I'm getting this wrong, forgive me, but I think what Mark McGrath was really singing about was like using somebody else's condom, which I know has nothing to do with the Real House of Salt Lake City, but I just, that flashed in my head as we're talking about jimmies and condoms. Uh, but it's truly shocking lyrics. And we were just, I was in what, the seventh grade or something running around on my, uh, on, at Joggle Lake in Northeast Ohio singing, I know it's not mine, but I'll see if I can use it for the weekend or a one night stand. I'm singing about some used condom in seventh grade. And like, why didn't anyone stop us? Like, did my mom not hear the lyrics when we were singing it in the car? Cause we were all running around. Don't try to act. I know a lot of you out there may be trying to act like you did not listen to that Sugar Ray song, but you all did. You all did. I know you did. I did. We, uh, you all did. And so we were all running around singing back in 98 or whatever year that was about using a used condom. And I was probably 12 years, I don't know, 12, what was I 12 years old or something then? And I'm singing in the car with Linda Pellegrino. Linda not once turned it off. She probably had no idea what was going on. 
but we were all seen by using, I believe it used condom, unless I'm understanding those lyrics incorrectly, but those are the exact lyrics. Every morning, there's a halo hanging from the corner of my girlfriend's four-plus bed. A halo, I think, is slang for condom, in the same way that Mary's talking about a Jimmy. So what I'm really trying to say is that I think Mary and Mark McGrath should do a duet in 2021, and we should get them together. I don't know, see what happens. Just throw some ideas around. Uh, but I don't, when Mary said that about the Jimmy and her son and the thing coming home purple, I'm like, what? And then the look with the necklaces and the hat, and then she said something about him drowning, and then she tells him to go to the army, and then she did this thing with her arms shaken, and it's like, I don't understand anything that's happening. And that was just one Mary scene. And I do feel like the producers know this about Mary, and so they only give us a little bit of Mary per week. Because we got this one scene with her, and then later we got that weird scene, with which we're going to get to, with Meredith. But you guys, I don't think they can overload us with Mary, because I think none of us know how to really react to a lot of what she's saying and doing. Because it's unpredictable. The other women, you know, I guess Meredith is being a little unpredictable in her ways this season, because she seems, like we say, more engaged. However... For the most part, you kind of understand what's coming out of everyone's mouth and like what they're wearing and stuff. But when Mary's on screen, it's just like a whole lot of like, what the fucks? Like, I don't get it. Then we cut to Jenny's house, you guys. Okay, so the daughter loves science, doing the science projects. And then uh, the husband, Dewey, you guys, I don't like this Dewey. I'm so mad at him. He wants more kids. She doesn't. She had nine miscarriages, three C-sections. She had the tubes tied. And now he wants uh, more kids. And she even says in her confessional, Jenny says, he's a doctor, so I know that he knows pushing this more kid thing is dangerous and bad at my bad for my health. She says it's heartless. And you guys, I'm so heartbroken for her. And the fact that he brought it up on camera, I mean, the whole thing just really, I did not care for Dewey. You guys, I do not care for him. And I don't think I will care for him at all. In fact, I, I, I'm willing to say that I hate him right now. And I hope Jenny gets some justice, and I hope she doesn't have any kids that she doesn't want to have. Because he's trying to push her, after all she's been through, she gave him three healthy young kids, and went through all of that. And now he knows that she doesn't want that, and it'd be a health risk for her, and he's still trying to push her in that direction. And at the very least, I would understand if you sat her down and was like, maybe... Uh, I'd love more kids. Would you be interested in adopting or, or open to surrogacy or something else? But instead, he knows that she doesn't want this, and he's not even paying attention to his wife. It was heartbreaking scene to me. Heartbreaking scene. One of the most, I think, heartbreaking scenes I've seen in a really long time on this shows, on these shows. Then we cut to Heather with the daughters, the daughters, in the words of Teresa Giudice. Now, one's a drill team captain, going to do the senior showcase. And Heather's impressed the daughters don't want to be Mormon. And I like the daughters, you guys. I don't, I'm not even really sure what the scene was about. I guess we were talking about not being Mormons or something. I don't know, but I like all the daughters. I like watching Heather with the daughters, single mom. Uh, I love it. Love it. Then we cut to Meredith with her assistant and Brooks, and these people were just flooded into Meredith's house, Nat, her friend Jeff, and then Mary shows up, and I'm like, what is this grouping? It was so strange. And then the producers asked Mary in her confessional about Meredith's clothing style, and Mary just says, are you really asking me this? I like her style as Meredith, Meredith Marks. That's her style to me. That's what Mary says. I was like, what does that even mean? Then it's revealed. This was shocking, guys. Let everyone pull over if you're driving, because this is something we need to talk about for at least 45 minutes. It's revealed that Mary and Brooks have a close relationship, which... I have the no. 
chill. No. Like, what is that? Mary and Brooks. Mary and Meredith's son Brooks, like the oddest parent, like the last pairing I'd ever see coming. Again, everything about Mary's unpredictable. Now we find out that her and Brooks are a dynamic duo suddenly uh, taking the world by storm. And so I don't understand that. And they're explaining the Jen Brooks tweet situation to Mary. And then uh, it's revealed that Jen texted Meredith an invite to the snow fishing or whatever that was. And you guys, I, Mary, for a moment, for a moment, you guys, Mary was sitting there, she was listening about the tweets, and I thought she was going to say something very profound. She's listening, we find out she's got this deep connection with Brooks, and she seems very close with Mary. She's at Mer- or at Meredith's house, she's with Meredith, and it seems like just she's going to say something really important. And then she takes a moment of silence, and then suddenly she... She poots. I have the no, chill. No. She pooted in her pants and she said, that's what Jen makes me do. And that was shocking to me. Now, we've seen a lot. We rarely see a woman. I mean, that's like, I feel like I'm watching Ace Ventura at that point or something like one of those late 90s movies where it's just like really an Adam Sandler movie or something where the character just farts. Because on Housewives, it's like, this is supposed to be a show about these elegant women. And then here comes Mary in the scene just being like, hold on, I need a moment of silence. And then she's like, it's like, what is going on? (laughs) So, so weird. And granted that happened on Dallas. Remember Dallas Housewives, which is canceled, rightfully so. Uh, But they did a lot of poop stuff. It was like a lot. Remember Brandy and Stephanie were constantly like, oh, look, poop. And they were laughing about poop and stuff like that. And nobody liked it. Not one person liked it. I'm sorry. I don't think anyone did. Occasionally, we I might laugh a little bit, but it was really, you know, in the Real Housewives, I don't want to see them being so gross. And that happened la- on last season of Dallas. You know how I feel about all that salsa in the bed and stuff. It just turned into like a gross, like it just, it felt like I was watching a frat house or something. And now here comes Mary just pooping or uh, farting on camera. Like, hold on, I need a moment of silence. <laughs> That's how Jen makes me feel. And it was like, what? <laughs> what the fuck? You guys, what the fuck? Have you ever seen such a thing on The Real Housewives of any franchise? I mean, it was way, to me, way more uh, blue humor than anything that happened on The Dallas Housewives. Way more poop humor than anything that happened on Dallas or New York or anything. It was just Mary taking a moment of silence to do a big old fart. A big old, and she's like, oh, I had to poot. And she did that on camera. You know, like, I could understand maybe a housewife accidentally farting on camera or something and then laughing it off or whatever. But this was like Mary literally pulling like an Adam Sandler in 98, just being like, oh, I farted. I don't even know if Adam Sandler would do that when one of his movies. I'm trying to think of an example of someone. You know, I remember on the Scooby-Doo movie, the live action one, Sarah Michelle Gellar, Freddie Prince Jr. I remember there was like a fart scene with Shaggy played by Matthew Lillard and Scooby. And I was like, that's what I felt like I was watching. Because I remember I took my cousins to see that movie, and they were cracking. They were young at the time. They were laughing. Sorry, you know, kids love to see a fart. And then here comes Mary farting like she's in the live-action Scooby-Doo. Like, what? (laughs) I need a moment of silence. I'm sorry to keep making that fart fart sound, but I couldn't believe my ears. It was And Meredith didn't even know what to do or say. Meredith was shook, too. I think Meredith shit her own pants, but we didn't hear it because she didn't talk about it. Because she was like, oh, we're on camera. And I think going through Meredith's mind, you know, Meredith, I think she thinks she's on The Real House as Beverly Hills. You know, Beverly Hills is a much more 
a rich franchise, you know, in terms of money and wealth and showing off all that money and wealth. And Meredith, I think, is a very wealthy woman. She's a designer. I think she fancies herself as someone on uh, Beverly Hills Housewives. And then here comes her scene partner just farting with her. And Meredith, the look in her eyes, you guys. I mean, she had the fucking chills. I have the no, chills. No. She's like, I can't believe this woman I'm in a scene with just, just took a moment to fart. <laughs> to fart. Mary just was like, oh, I need a moment of silence. <laughs> I pooted. Like, what? Okay, I'm sorry, you guys. I just, I'm shocked by that. I'm sorry to take so much time with that, but we need to talk about it. Then we cut to snow fishing with stew chains. Yeah. That didn't make any sense to me either. You know, I keep saying every week, week to week on everything iconic, I'm telling you, and none of it makes sense because we're doing the snow fishing and I didn't understand the snow fishing because it was like right when they got there, the people who were running the snow fishing were like, Oh, we got to get, we got to go. There's one over there. So then they were running and I didn't understand the rules of this game. And maybe that's just me, Danny, being a dummy, a Danny dummy. But I didn't get like they were running to the one station. They dropped everything and ran to one state. I like didn't understand that. But everything moves so quick on Real Salt Lake City. I love that about it. I'm just saying I don't quite always understand. Um, then what else is going on? Whitney's worried about seeing Lisa. Whitney thinks uh, on the way there, Whitney says something about Lisa being attracted to her. Now, this is another thing I don't know if you guys saw online. Mary was tweeting about Whitney and said something about Whitney hooking up with another woman, and then there were also racist allegations against uh, from Mary to Whitney, which I don't quite, I, I don't know what that's about. I don't. I hope it all plays. I mean, we're gonna, I guess, see it all play out. Um, but Whitney wore a life jacket to this fishing. And then uh, Jen, let's see, Jen talks about Whitney. She says, yeah, I threatened to drown Whitney um, last year, but I'm Zen Jen now. And this feels very written to me. It, I mean, we got Zen Jen on Salt Lake City. We got Zen Wen on Potomac. And both of these moments feel very written to me. And a lot of Jen's confessionals, I worry about the confessionals because they just feel so scripted-y. And we know she has someone running her social media account, so I would imagine she also has someone writing those confessionals. You know, the housewives do that. And uh, they, they're not delivered properly. Like, I think if any housewives are listening, don't have anyone write your confessionals because they always come across scripted and we can feel it and it just feels gross and bad. Like, just be naturally funny or don't even try to be funny. Like, just be naturally yourself because that's what we want. That's when people are funniest. Remember Kim Richards in a confessional? She was always so fucking funny in the confessional. And she didn't have no one writing anything. She was just talking about turtles. Didn't make any sense. And we were ba 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 loving it. We were. And so here comes Jen. I just want her to be in those confessionals. Just be real. Be real. Um, so look, Mary's not coming to this. I was worried about that. It's like, why isn't Mary at the group event? I need her there to say, say and do something. Just, I don't know. I need her there. And Meredith wasn't going to come and then she does end up coming. But uh, let's see. Heather needs to leave early. She's got to go to that senior night. And, uh, look, everything, I was bored at, at first because they were just going around with big holes. It was kind of boring. Lisa was like, I love the fish tacos at Del Taco. I could be on a fishing show. It was like watching Lisa fish. I'm sorry. It's not, not like thrilling TV. Uh, but luckily it picked up really quickly because then Meredith shows up and it was zero to a hundred in the moments that Meredith arrived. The moment she walked on that snowy runway, she had to walk like a hundred fucking yards to get to the women. And Meredith's like, I didn't realize it was going to be that far. Meredith in her confessional, though, said she didn't want to fish because she has much bigger fish to fry named Jennifer Shaw. You guys, and that felt very written to me. It did. 
<laughs> it did. Um, then we see Jen and Meredith talking, and it's all about the tweets, which we've talked about a million times. And then also, it's revealed that Jen did a Zoom where he just she discussed Brooks's sexuality, which is weird. Meredith's like, "I need you to know you're. I need to know that you're against homophobia." She says, "Did you like a comment referring to my son as a sissy bitch?" And then she pulls out this Twitter and. Jen doesn't get it. Meredith storms out. Is she out of her fucking mind? I won't listen to the deflecting and lying. Meanwhile, Lisa's just like, she was fishing at that point. And then Lisa did end up chasing Meredith. Lisa's in the middle. She's in the middle of all of this. And then she chases after Meredith when the glasses pop off her head. And then Jenny comes over and says, Jenny said that she has people run her Twitter. And you guys, she wasn't even on the show. at the, I mean, she was just starting the show. I'm like, why does she have someone run her Twitter? Jenny, the new cast member. Like, that was so strange to me. Jenny's like, oh, yeah, someone runs my Twitter. And she's been on the show, and I don't think she has a huge following on Twitter. She will after the show continues airing over time. And she seems like a great gal. But what I'm thinking is, like, why does she have someone run her Twitter? It'd be like my mother having someone run. My mom doesn't even have a Twitter. But it's like, you know, someone who's never been on television needing someone uh, to run their Twitter. Like, I don't care. And she also doesn't have, like, a brand yet. I'm sure she'll develop a brand. But she had those, uh, she had that business and then she sold him to be a mom. So it's like, what does Jenny, the new girl, have someone running the Twitter? I didn't understand that. Uh, but I did like that Jenny got in the mix. I will say, Jenny, she got right up in there. She started shouting something. I don't know. Heather and Whitney were just sitting over there like Statler and Waldorf. I, I keep saying that wrong. I feel like Walt, Statler and Walt, you know, from the Muppets. I don't know why Waldorf seems rough to me or something. Anyway, so there, uh, yeah, Jenny's in the mix. The other two are not. Brooks is 20, not a teen. So I do have to say, though, I I will side. uh, I don't think it's appropriate what Jen's doing, liking the tweets and all that stuff about Brooks. And I don't think speculating on his sexuality, like I understand uh, the trouble there. What I do want to say to Meredith, Meredith, though, is that Brooks is 20 years old. And for all intents and purposes, I believe he gets paid as a cast member on the show because he's in a confessional. It is my understanding, and forgive me if I'm wrong, but I don't think I'm wrong. I think if they're doing a confessional, which Brooks did confessionals last year. So he's not only over 18, but he's also doing confessional work, which they, I'd imagine, have to pay you. I believe it's against like certain rules in filming. They can't just have anyone sit down for a confessional. I understand they can get away with filming people in scenes without paying them, I believe, because it's a documentary of these people's lives and if the people are there. But to get someone in a studio to film a confessional, I believe they have to pay them. It might not be much, but I'd imagine they have to be on payroll. So if Brooks is in a confessional, he's technically a cast member on the show. And so I I don't agree with anything Jen's saying or doing, but I have to say he's an adult and a cast member. So you know, it's it's fair game in that way. Again, what Jen, disgusting what Jen was saying and doing and liking and all that stuff, and she needs to know what's on the Twitter. So don't get me wrong, I'm not siding with Jen, okay? You guys all yelled at me last week that I was siding with Erica Jane. I got so many uh, messages at the wazoo yelling at me. So I want to be very clear, I want to be very clear that I do not engage with Jen on this. I'm just saying that Brooks, I'm pointing out a fact that he is an adult cast member on the show. And they might not want to tell us that he gets gets paid as a cast member, but believe me, if he's in a confessional, I don't think they can hire someone in a studio and not pay him. Anyway, um, what else is going on? That's the end of it. Meredith says Jen can't see beyond herself, and she's right. Meredith is right, because Jen just turns around other people. She's mad at people for blaming her for being shitty, and it's like, 
Don't be shitty, Jen, and people won't be mad at you for being shitty. I mean, come on. I mean, we're going to sort all this out, and so will the legal system eventually with Jen Shaw. But for now, I would just like Jen to take some accountability for the things she's doing, because it's very frustrating to watch. And I do hate when she's turning around on these other women. Do not like that. Uh, you guys, let's take a quick break and then come back with Real House of Potomac. You guys, pre-order my book, How Do I Unremember This? Go to Amazon, Barnes & Noble, wherever you get your books, your local bookstore, IndieBound. You can go to that website. I'll put a link in the episode description. comes out March uh, 8th of next year. And hopefully I'll have more info on the audiobook and the ebook soon. But right now it's just the hardcover that's available for pre-order. And I'd love it if you did it. So let's take a break, come back, and talk Potomac. Every morning there's a halo hanging from the corner. All right, I'm sure a lot of you out there can relate because every time there's a commercial break and I'm watching one of my shows, I'm always hopping on the Redfin app or website because I just want to check out real estate listings. Like I love checking out real estate listings, even for the houses that I cannot afford. It's my favorite app to use Redfin. Uh, I just got a home, of course, but it was a pretty stressful process. And if I would have known how easy Redfin was, I think it would have helped out a lot. Redfin updates their listings every two minutes and sends you personalized recommendations. So finding the home that's perfect for you has never been easier. See something you like? Well, book a tour straight from the app. And when you're ready to buy, an experienced local Redfin agent can guide you through the whole process, making it so easy. And if you're looking to sell, Redfin agents know how to get you the best price possible for your home. That's because they sell twice as many homes as other agents with a listing fee as low as 1%. Redfin's fees are half of what others often charge, which means you'll have more money to put towards your next home. Now, that's a great thing. I love using Redfin. I love checking out. If you're buying or selling a home and you need some help with that, check out Redfin. Download the Redfin app to get started. So who was on the list not to use the bathroom? That would be Karen and that would be you. Okay, the real house is the Potomac. You guys, Giselle don't want anyone to poop in the house. She's still doing all that construction there, but she did want to have a party. And I was Team Robin on this. Robin rightfully said when Giselle was playing in the party, like, look, you got to let people use the restroom. Because what if someone's got to go, got to go, got to go right now? You can't just make them. And there, it wasn't even proper sanitation outside. You know, like they, if somebody had to go to the bathroom to go on that driveway when all those construction workers were there, it's like you have to let people in the house to go to the bathroom. Because I couldn't believe that she didn't want Wendy or Karen. I know they got a feud. And that was Giselle being messy. And that was a fun kind of messy that I like out of Giselle. But it was like, <laughs> and then she tried to kick Wendy out of the house. It was like, we're not even in the house. I mean, they rightfully pointed out we're in the driveway. So what are you going to kick me out of the public property? It was like, I guess she technically owns that driveway. But still, it was like, okay, you're kicking me out of this tent on the driveway? Like, what? Ah, you guys, the Real House is Potomac. We're on episode 12 already, which makes me a little bit sad. I don't mean to be such a downer, but I am a little bit upset that we're already on episode 12 of The Real Spodomic. Very excited about next week, though. We get the salad toss. You know, forgive me, that's not metaphorical. We get an actual salad toss out of these women where they're throwing at each other. Mia and Candace, they're throwing lettuce. Speaking of Candace, her full album's out, and I haven't gotten a chance to listen to it. You know I love Drive Back. I do love me some Drive Back. 
uh, but I haven't listened to the full album. But I'm very excited. I actually really like the album cover, and it's on my list. The next time I go for a walk or a hike, I swear I'm going to be listening to Candace's album. Just check it out for the people. I need to I need to listen and I need to figure out how it sounds and, and you know listen to it. But uh, it is out. It's out. So we open on Giselle's house this week. The daughter uh, runs over the cones. The daughter still can't drive for shit, and that makes me just love that daughter even more. Uh, construction everywhere. Giselle says, Hotel Giselle is not done, just the West Wing. And the house is hard to look at. And Karen did call it, which I forget this this even happened, but they should have flashback to Karen calling Giselle's house the Ronald McDonald house. <laughs> she said, there's reds and purples everywhere. I don't even remember that from the reunion last season, but it really made me laugh. Uh, but look, Giselle's inviting everyone over for that thing. She doesn't want them to use the restrooms. Uh, meanwhile, we cut to Karen. Karen's is still dealing with the candle situation. Now, I looked. I want to let everyone know that I looked online for both Karen's candle and Wendy's candle. I looked, and maybe as of this episode being out, maybe the candles will be available. But when I watched the episode, which I believe was on uh, Saturday, or I, what did I watch it? Saturday morning, I watched this episode. And there was nothing available for me to order online. I looked everywhere, scoured the internet. It was like I, I got to the dark web just looking for candles from Karen and Wendy. I couldn't find them anywhere. So I need to know maybe they'll, the episode will air and then that's when they'll officially put the websites up with the ordering info. But I feel like it's a missed opportunity because here they're talking about all these candles and I can't even go on the internet to get one. And I was ready to buy them all. Don't get me wrong. I was ready to buy every single candle I could find for my housewife to test them. You know, I figure I got to do that for the show. I got to know about these candles. I need the one wicks, the three wicks, and everything in between. And I couldn't find them. So, Karen, if you're listening, Wendy, if you're listening, somebody send me a candle. I'll pay the money. I'm willing to pay for shipping and the cost of the candle and and whatever you charge for it. Uh, But I need to buy the candle. Somebody send me a candle. I need it. I feel like I need it to test. And also, you know, I love a candle. Nothing better than a candle. Love it. So I went to look, and I could not find everything, anything. Um, so meanwhile, Karen and Ray, Ray gets a text from some, uh, I think it was like a computer person or spam or something. I was a little confused. I think it was like a junk text. But then Karen called back and like gave her info to this person. And I was like, that's dangerous. You know, the spam calls, you're not supposed to answer or give any information to. And Karen's like leaving voicemails for him. And I was like, I'm like, Karen, don't do that. Like, these people are going to get your info, and you can't just call the, the junk people. You know, you can't. The spam calls. Um, it, it reminded me, though, of when you get your email. I don't know if you ever look in the spam in your email, and I'm always getting something from, like, a hooker in the email that's just, like, they're barking up the wrong tree because it's, like, a woman emailing me, like, look at these, and it was a picture of the bubbies. And it's, like, I'm not interested. Like, <laughs> when you look in the spam, though, there's always these, like, dirty... Uh, emails that's like so gross and I'm not interested. Like, you know, don't send me that because I'm not interested. But those spam, spam women in the spam, you know, I never get a spam email too. That's just like, Oh, here's a dick. And it's like a spam guy trying to seduce me in the spam. You know, it's like, that's would be different. You know, we'd feel differently about that. That's what I'm trying to say. Anyway, then we cut to Candace and Dorothy. Candace says uh, that a gold, they're talking about the Candace's house, which apparently Dorothy's been there for nine days. I would go, I love my mother, Linda, uh, the best woman of all time. Um, but nine days of her staying at my house. I mean, I don't know if I can handle it. I don't know that I can handle it. I mean, I live in a small apartment. I would go nuts. Love her, but can't do it. 
can't do it. I, even when I go stay there, you know, it's like seven days tops. Nine days is a lot. It's a lot. I mean, to be just so close to each other. And then, of course, Dorothy's got so many opinions. She says that the gold, uh, she wants the gold backsplash. And Candace is like, no, that makes it look old. Then Candace asks her mom about Mia and they go through all that Mia stuff. Candace says, look, these women shouldn't be questioning my man. She says, if Chris is caught at the MGM with women, uh, men, women, and billy goats, then you can ask questions about my man. And that was, of course, a reference to Demon Darby, because he has been caught at the MGM Grand with men, women, and billy goats. I'm not sure exactly about billy goats, um, but I like that she said he's been caught with billy goats, and maybe that'll be the next season. I'm not sure. Um, but Candace is mad people are asking about management. Now, here's the thing. Managers quite often do not actually sign contracts in the entertainment industry, and they usually make commission off of projects. So I don't think anyone really understands that because it's not like Candace just pays a manager like a flat fee. That's not how entertainment managers work. It's like the manager works on a project and then gets a fee for uh, the projects, 10% or whatever. And so I wish that was explained because it's a little bit confusing on the show because everyone's asking, like, did he sign a contract and stuff? And it's like, that's not usually normal. And, uh, you know, they make money, they make part of the commission, 10% off the deals. So it's not like Candace is just giving him a flat fee. Does that make sense? Anyway, Dorothy does stick up. We should call Dorothy Dottie because people are calling her Dottie. So we need to call her Dottie. So Dottie actually sticks up for Mia, which was surprising to me. And that's mostly because she hates Chris. She hates the son-in-law with every ounce of her being. She always will. She always will. But Candace is not happy with Mia. She says to Mia, in regards to Mia, she says, go crack some backs at Stripper Cairo LLC. And this feud, you know, Candace has a way with words. I will give her that, you know. She's got a way with... Uh, with the language where she says something about Billy Goats and then she said stripper Cairo LLC. It's like she's got good one liners and they don't feel scripted to me. They don't. But Dottie says, look, as long as you two have a prenup, I'm good. You know, that was Dottie's way of saying, like, I hate this relationship, but I'm going to try my best to stay out of it. But I actually really won't. That's really what she was saying. So then we got to Mia with the mom and the kids, you guys. And I was laughing because the kids were howling and I love kids on sugar. You know, like you guys, I get crazy on sugar. You know, when I have too much caffeine or have some sugar or Capri Sun or something, I get a little nuts. But kids get like little child demons and they get wild and crazy. And I love it. I'm not sure I'd love it as a parent. As a parent, when I go visit my nieces and nephews, when they have the sugar, I like to give them the sugar, wound them all up and then send them on their way. You know, Uncle Danny gets to be fun and feed them some chocolate and then I send them my brothers and sisters-in-laws, and they all have to deal with all of that crazy demon energy, because kids just get nuts. And so when they were howling, I was just laughing so hard. And again, to the parents out there, I feel your pain with kids with sugar, because it's like something takes over their bodies. It's like craziness, and they're just howling, making noises, going nuts. And uh, it makes me laugh, but uh, I can only imagine parents out there, moms, dads, you know, heart goes out to you. Parents deserve the world because it's hard to be a parent, I'm sure. Anyway, uh, I also, speaking of being a parent, you know, the mom, Mia's mom was released from prison six years ago. Then she went to rehab. She's been out ever since. She was sentenced to 20 years, but I don't think we know for what. I think Mia said, I'm not willing to say, or it's not my place to say. So I'm not sure if that information's out there or not, but I do feel bad. Mom says she wants a better relationship with Mia, but Mia says she's still healing. I find this all very sad, and and I hope they 
develop a really good relationship, the mom apologizes. I, I think it's a very interesting storyline. I'm into it, but also it feels just it's tough for me. I can only imagine. Then we cut to Wendy's house. Karen sh- arrives. They talk about the candles, and Karen says, on this multi-billion dollar platform of candles and incense, all of us can thrive. And then... <laughs> I love this candle thing. I say it every week, but I'm sorry. We're also getting new confessionals from the women. Uh, Wendy had one where she's wearing sort of a Muppet green, like the Muppet fur thing. Escala arrives to help because they're going to be doing some stuff for teachers. They're putting together backpacks. We love teachers here at Everything Iconic. No one more important in the world, teachers. You know, I was thinking, um, my boyfriend and I were talking the other day, and I have some friends who were, I have a lot of friends who are nurses and teachers, and we were saying like, Throughout this past year and a half, or whatever it's been since COVID started, the fact that there are still teachers and nurses and and doctors and healthcare professionals, after all that they've been through the last year and a half, like I wish we could all give them Nobel prizes or something, because I don't think I would have the strength to stick through it. And I have a couple friends who, I have one friend who is a nurse who ended up having to switch careers because she just couldn't handle it anymore. And I don't even blame anyone out there who was a teacher or a healthcare professional that ultimately had to leave for their own self-care. You know, I still... uh, Worship the ground you walk on, because I can't even imagine how you could go through any of the past two years with all that this world has been through and still stay in those careers, because it's just really, they're all doing the Lord's work. And whether they stayed in those professions or they left them, my heart goes out to you, because it's just a lot, you know, oh my God. And the parents now going back to school and have to worry about the health of the kids and all the different rules and regulations now with everything with COVID. It's just a lot. And it's not what these people signed up for. People went to school for nursing or for to be a teacher or something like they didn't sign up for this new world. And yet they're still sort of improvising and going with the flow and, oh God, give them, can we get, what can we give them? Like give them something. I don't know. Anyway, Escala says she was an educator for 10 years and they don't, teachers don't make enough money. And then as they talk about on the show, they have to go into their own pockets and look, all the world to you guys, all of you teaching our youths, our youths. And then anyway, they talk about getting invited to Robin and Giselle's friends and haters party at Hotel Giselle. And uh, Wendy's not happy about it because she thinks it's a shady thing. And uh, Wendy wants to have a vacation. And it's really funny because this is how Wendy introduces the cast trip. She says, I feel like we've all been doing stuff and we should go somewhere. <laughs> And that's how Wendy introduces our next cast trip. You know, it's always loose how they have to introduce these. I always think of Megan King Edmonds inviting everyone to Ireland to find her family on the streets. And this one, this invite was, it wasn't even doing much of that at all. It was just like, I feel like we've all been doing stuff. And so we should go somewhere. That was the whole reason for the group trip. And she's not wrong that everyone is doing stuff, but I don't know that it's not really a great reason for a group trip. Anyway, I loved that. <laughs> then we cut to Giselle's house. It's a, be- a mess. Bugs everywhere. Construction. Giselle hurt her foot. She's in a boot for four weeks. Now, housewives love a foot injury. Of course, I'm talking about Sutton on Beverly Hills. Drew Sidora on The Real Estate of Atlanta. Brandy Glanville on Beverly Hills. Giselle now on Potomac. Uh, Tommy Two-Tones on The Real House of Beverly Hills, of course, had that ankle injury, injury, allegedly. But housewives, this franchise loves a foot injury. I've never seen so many hurt foots in my life. Hurt feet. Hurt hooves. It's just like, they're all hurting their hooves on this show, and then walking around on crutches, on boots, and wheelchairs, the whole nine. It's like, whoever needs to watch their feet, if you get cast on one of these shows, anyone out there, if you start filming a Housewives franchise, you better watch it. Watch the feet. Watch the hooves, because something might happen, because I don't know if that's a 
it's a, a scary omen or just something that happens when you get cast on these shows, but you need to be careful and watch your feet. It's like a curse, a curse of the housewife's foot. And there's a, look, they're getting ready for this party. There's wind blowing, balloons everywhere. Trash cans are right there, you guys. Ashley arrived and she's like, what the fuck is this? You know, there's so much construction. Mia called it Motel Giselle instead of Hotel Giselle. Ascala arrives. You guys, I like Ascala's style. I feel like she wears a lot of labels, but it doesn't feel like Dority to me. It feels like just, uh, I don't know. I like Ascala's style. I do. Now, I was very excited for Karen to arrive. I was on the edge of my seat because you knew, she, after seeing this tent and stuff, it was like you knew Karen was going to just throw some shade, some flawless shade about Giselle's house. And she did. Right when she arrived, she said, what is that tent in the back? Are we COVID testing? <laughs> Ah, oh, you guys, I loved it. But Giselle, she presented, uh, she, Karen presented Giselle with Vuv and the second installation to her home line, which is candles. And that's how she phrased it. She said the second installation. And she had just gotten her vaccine. Her, uh, she got that the day before, which I wasn't well for a day after my vaccine. So I can't even believe Karen was there filming. And they did keep doing this like effect of her not being able to see properly throughout the scenes. And, you know, I just salute Karen for even showing up after she got vaccinated the day after. So the whole reason for this gathering is the announcement of the Reasonably Shady podcast. And as they were all sitting down as a group, Robin brings up that Giselle wouldn't allow everyone to use the bathroom. And Wendy says, who? And then there's this weird, I felt like Giselle and Robin were being so antagonistic to Wendy and then it was like they were surprised that Wendy was like giving it back to them. Does that make sense to you? It was like Robin brought up the thing about how Giselle wouldn't let, didn't want to let Wendy and Karen use the bathroom. And it's like, well, how do you expect somebody to react to that? So then when Wendy then got rude back, it was like Robin was like thinking, acting like she was being so irrational. And I was like, what do you mean? Like, of course she's reacting that way. Like, isn't that how you wanted her to react? And then it was so, it all just went left from there. Karen did give everyone a candle. She said it's headed to major retailers too. Um, but then they decide to play this game reasonable or shady with paddles. And they all start fighting while the construction workers are there. Candace arrives and they edit it like it was a horror movie when she arrived because she couldn't believe all the construction. Karen then meanwhile is getting lightheaded from the vac- vaccination. She called it the vaccination. And she says, I'm not sure if it was the vaccination or reality. She says, the whole house looks like it's going to come to life and eat me up. She said, I'm scared of it, Karen, in regards to Giselle's house. <laughs> uh, Candace looked great, though. She did look good. I mean, all the women look good. But Candace says that Wendy was being a good friend for telling Candace about the Mia situation with Dorothy. And Candace didn't care. But then Robin and Giselle were like yelling at Wendy about it. Now, obviously, they all hate each other. I think Wendy hates Robin and uh Giselle and Giselle and Robin hate Wendy, so it's vice versa. It's vice versa. Candace, though, then she gets in a fight with Mia. So Candace and Mia are fighting about the Dorothy situation, the music video. Mia says no one greeted her at the music video. There were some allegations about Candace's uh, quote unquote titties. And uh, Mia says the whole thing was low budget. And then Candace says, Your mom is low budget. Watch your mouth. And I don't think that Candace in this moment meant uh, anything really even personal about Mia, Mia's mother. Because then Giselle says, look, you should say that Mia has big feet and hands, but don't bring up the mother. And I really took it as Candace just having word vomit. But then, but then it all shifted when I saw the previews for next week and we see Candace saying it again, your mom's low budget. And then I got mad at Candace because I'm thinking, this is below the belt. You know, I really was on her side until I saw the previews for next week. 
And then Ashley speaks up, and she, Candace says to Ashley, were you even there, beloved? And then Candace and Ashley get into it. And then Candace says to Ashley, shut your wide face ass up. The whole time construction's going on, uh, it's a whole chaos. A whole chaos, and I loved it. I love that the, the construction workers were there. I do got to say, Giselle looked great. You know, we always talk about Giselle's looks, and they're always very troubling, but I thought Giselle looked great in that red dress. I didn't really quite understand Robin's outfit, uh, but I do think that, I mean, still, both of them are the most beautiful human beings uh, ever. And I just really liked Giselle's outfit. And now, it seems like we're getting, like, a Giselle-Karen truce. And everyone talked about how Karen drunk dials them. And I need Karen to drunk dial everything iconic. I don't know if she's listening, but I need her to just leave me a voicemail to play on the show when she's drunk, because I love it. I need to know more about these Karen drunk dials. And I'm confident, actually, that we might get some fun between Karen and Giselle. I, I know they're always the best frenemies, but I'm almost starting to get the feeling that like they could team up. And I'm not sure what that means for the show, but I'm I'm sort of excited. I'm sort of excited. I love decorating the house and getting furniture, but sometimes it could be overwhelming to design a space. And so luckily, I'm here to tell you about a company called Cozy. Now, Cozy is fantastic, a North American company that thoughtfully designs furniture made for modern living. Now, Cozy strives to provide the best furniture shopping experience with elegant, super high quality products, plus fast delivery and easy assembly, which is really important to me because I do not like putting together furniture. So the easier, the better for me. Now, Cozy offers beautiful, customizable sofas and sectionals that are made to adapt in time. This means customers can add seats to the sofas over time. Maybe if you're extending your family, you might want more space on the couch. Cozy also offers a great range of coffee tables, washable rugs, wall shelving, credenzas, TV stands, and accessories. So much. It's thoughtfully designed furniture made for modern living. There's an outdoor sofa and tables collection that is fantastic. It's called the Mistral. So you can choose the perfect sofa configuration for your outdoor setup. Uh, Cozy also opened its first retail space on Queen Street in Toronto to push the experience to the next level and allow customers to engage physically with the products. So transform your living space today with Cozy. Visit Cozy.com, spelled C-O-Z-E-Y, to start customizing your furniture today. Again, that's Cozy, C-O-Z-E-Y.com. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Did you know cats tend to hide symptoms of sickness and pain? I learned this the hard way after losing my cat, Gingy. So I created Pretty Litter, a health monitoring litter that helps detect early signs of illness by changing colors, saving you money and potentially your cat's life. Pretty Litter is veterinarian developed, and it's the easiest way to keep tabs on your fur baby's health right at home. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. Oh, and then this was the part that really like cracked me up, though. So they brought up, and the reasonable shady game Robin brought up, is it reasonable or shady to be concerned about your friend's changing appearance after cheating rumors of the husband? Now, of course, that is going to upset a Wendy. And then Robin tells Wendy to chill, and it's like, but the, you wanted her to react like that. What did you think was going to happen? And I love that this happened, because it was great TV. So I do applaud Robin for bringing it up, because it was important. Good TV. Uh, Candace says, though, she's tired of hearing about Wendy's quote-unquote titties. She says, enough. Enough. And then it's revealed Wendy says the blog that reported about the cheating rumors also reported that Jill Zell had an STD or something. I didn't understand that. Eventually, everyone decides to go on a vacation together, which doesn't make any sense. Karen says, I did not get vaccinated to be around you heifers. And uh, it's pure chaos, but they decide to do a girl's trip. 
And they invite the couples too. And when Wendy's inviting everyone, she's like, wait, Ray is going to be there. Chris will be there. Dre is going to be there. Eddie's going to be there. And she says, looking right at Giselle and your luggage is going to be there. You guys, oh my God, do you believe she said that? She said, your luggage is going to be there. <laughs> and these trips, uh, invite is insane. Giselle ends up having to tour her home. And Escala was about to go on the tour of the home, but then there's like no steps for her to even get inside. So she's like, no thanks. And then, uh, let's see, Giselle's daughter moves Candace's car. I mean, it's pure chaos. I loved it. I loved it. I don't know if I made sense at the end of that episode, but it was pure chaos with construction at Hotel Giselle. Pure chaos. Next week, we get the cast trip. Mia's husband. We need to know more about him. Apparently, he's got a lot going on. I need to know. Get the salad toss. Candace keeps saying about the mom being low budget. I don't like that, Candace. Just when Candace is starting to win me over, then she does that. And I just thought it was inappropriate. Um, okay, you guys, that's the episode of The Real House of Potomac. We'll be back later this week with Beverly Hills and a little Vanderpump. We're not going to do like a full, full recap of Vanderpump Rules, but we're going to get into Vanderpump Rules, okay? And I'm reserving the right to, to what's that term, jump ship from Vanderpump Rules if it's bad. I'm reserving the right. <laughs> reserving the right. Uh, you guys, thanks so much for listening to Everything Iconic. Find me on social media at Danny Pellegrino. On the Patreon page, I just posted a new Sex in the City recap. We're on season two. Uh, again, pre-order the book. I keep saying it. I'm going to keep saying it. I'm going to try not to annoy you guys too much about the book, but we need you to pre-order the book. <laughs> we need it. Uh, okay, I love you all. Let's do our cheesy little cool down so we can take a moment to relax. Let's take a deep breath in. Hold it. Breathe out. Let's take another deep breath in. Hold it. Breathe out. Love you all so much for listening. Stay safe and have a great week.